This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal. And I'm Joel. If there's any oddness in terms of audio or video, let me know, because we are using a different platform to record what's going on here. Uh, obviously, Skype uh, crapped out, because Skype Sh- is shit the bed. pretty crappy. Um, everything that like if there was this golden age of technology where like mm-hmm. where like things worked and yeah. were cheap or free and like everyone has been playing catch up in terms of like okay well yeah but how do I ruin that thing that worked like I remember there was this amazing little program it took like it was like six kilobytes and it was and it played every version of an audio file ever mm-hmm. And it cost you nothing, and it were integrated perfectly with your with every system, and uh, gone. You know, just those shit. were the days, Archie. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna be talking about reboots. More specifically, we're gonna talk about probably we're gonna lean towards like TV cartoons, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, geek centric stuff. Exactly. But that's what this kind of show's all about. Uh, reboots, for me, make me ill. Like just hearing the term. Uh, They've become a major dirty word, haven't they? Yes, but there's also like reboots have also become big business. It's a it's, oh, it's yeah. a deal, a big deal for for a term that nobody in the industry that does it knows what it means. But uh, we're gonna get into it in a minute. But before we do, at the top of the show, I want to say that this show is, of course, brought to you by you. Actually, the biggest sponsor of this show is the viewers. It's you. Uh, and when you use the Super Chats, you're basically sponsoring the show, and you're doing it by like promoting a little message. What message is that? That's up to you. It's a question, a comment, some kind of co- commentary on what we're talking about. But mm-hmm. uh, use the Super Chats, and we will address them slash organically weave them into the show as the show moves forward. But that's how the show uh, gets paid, ladies and gentlemen. That's, mm-hmm. that's the grim and gritty dark secret of YouTube, is that like we ain't getting paid. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it's all ad revenue and direct funneling from here and or like patreon.com slash comic pop so oh yeah yeah we're gonna talk about reboots um oh, man i'm trying to remember the first like reboot i experienced but i can't mm, good question like i don't remember anything where i was I don't, I don't remember what the first one was i can't recall when i was like oh they're re- they're doing it over again but i yeah. can tell you that like there was never a period in my life where they rebooted something and I was confused about where it took place in continuity when it came to TVs or movies. Right. I don't know about you, but like literally like I remember when what was it? Ninja Turtles, like they had the Ninja Turtles movies. I knew that Secret of the Ooze and that awful time traveling one were part of the same universe. And then basically any other live action property after that was a different thing. Uh, similarly, you know, like any, any other show really, like the only thing that really, like the most baffling thing, whether like, and it was about continuity, wasn't about reboots, though they will be factored into this episode. Indeed. Uh, was DuckTales slash Darkwing Duck. Yeah. What? 
And I remember, like, I, I remember as a kid, because, of course, I read comics back then, I was like, oh, yeah, no. Like, obviously, what happened was DuckTales got canceled, Darkwing Duck mm-hmm. came after, Launchpad McQuack lost his job, and then <laughs> moved to St. Ber- St. Cern- Canard, or whatever the hell Canard, yes. And, uh, apparently, no. No, the creators were like, no, no, those are two separate Launchpad McQuacks. Yes. And those are two separate continuities. And I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> like, why would you make it confusing for everybody? Why would you make two launch pads played by the same character uh, and and behaved in the same way? It'll it'll only get more confusing too when Gizmo Duck actually goes back and forth between both shows too. But don't pay no attention to that. Right? Like, no. I mean, I get the idea of a shared Duck universe. <laughs> it's just kind of like, why would you complicate it? And I think it was because Hollywood just has no idea how to handle continuity and or, you know, a shared universe. Despite the fact that, like, they create them, they engineer them, they thrive on them today, Mm -hmm. Hollywood just straight up never really figured it out. And they never have. I can actually answer your question now. What is history's first uh, example of, like, a major Hollywood reboot? Yeah. Uh, It was Tarzan. The first Tarzan movie was 1918. They did another one in uh, 1930, then another one in 1960, etc., etc. Onward and upward, the Disney version. So again, uh, reboots actually have their basis in the pulps, the pulp characters. Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially when we use the Hollywood definition for reboot, Anytime you want to talk about like a restart, a relaunch, uh, a reimagining, that all falls under the umbrella of reboots. Yep. Because like living in comics, living in like manga, anime, anything like that, you know what a reboot is. It's where oh, yeah. they take the thing that you were watching or reading or enjoying, and then they do it over again. That they do mm. it again in a different re. Like it's just a they're they're starting over. That's what a reboot used to mean. Yeah, but now Hollywood's start, like take yeah, it back to zero, taking it back to zero, throwing everything that was out and doing it uh, again. That's what a reboot was. Now it means anything. Now it's like, yes. oh well, we just want you to, we just basically want to start from zero and or use a you know use continuity. Use a use a property in a different way. You got your soft reboots and your hard reboots. I know uh, what is it? Those Planet of the Apes movies, which oh, yeah. arguably the Planet of the Apes were rebooting and soft rebooting themselves back when they were new. But then you got this new trilogy where it's like, well, does this does this connect to the Heston one? It might. We might get to the Heston stuff at some point. But until now, it's it's James Franco and other people. Yeah, uh, so, so, first of all, the Planet of the Apes movies from Franco onward. Uh, another great example of a reboot that works and right. is done right. Um, and I think there's a recipe for how to make a good reboot. But mm. uh, with with respect to the Planet of the Apes franchise, you know, like they had the Heston movies, which, of course, there are five. Yes. Uh, he's only in two. But like there yes. are five of those that are kind of in their own continuity. Um, although those also like have fresh starts or soft reboots in and of themselves, because sometimes you know they go like the apes go back in time and other time. Time. So it, it's it's a time traveling problem in and of itself. But then Burton made his own, and that was a reboot. Yes, yes, it was totally reimagined, totally restarted continuity, new thing. And I look at the the like the Reeves kind of Planet of the Apes movies now as more or less a reboot. Like, I don't expect Mm. them to connect it 
to Heston and that Taylor version of no. the Apes franchise. And I'm like fine with that because it's because it actually successfully manages to be its own thing. It really, really does by being like, look, you know, let's ditch the human characters completely and let's just concentrate on the cool apes. We don't need a POV in the modern era. You know, we, we're not going to blow people's minds with, oh, talking apes with their own thing. People people see crazy stuff at the movies all the time. They want the apes. And indeed, I did want the apes. Right, exactly. And And the technology was kind of caught up so that it wasn't like a gimmick or silly. You know, I mean, I listen, the effects and the makeup for the apes from, of course, like, the 60s and 70s like pretty amazing and cutting edge or at the very Mm -hmm. least like decent enough no complaints Uh, you know i can look back and watch the old planet of the ace movie pretty much just the one and go like this is fine like i have no grudge against that it looks like a great episode of the original series of star trek boy does it i'm fine with that and it's consistent and like you know some of them are masks some of them are puppets like it 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 works for me i'm totally on board for that but now the Apes franchise is interesting, too, because this was in a time when sequel making, when sequels, you didn't get more money for your sequel. You actually got less. Right. Yeah. And that's been a, that's been a trend for a while uh, yeah. where, you know, they go, yeah, make another one. But we're not going to spend a lot of money. Uh, but do it quicker and cheaper this time. Exactly. Which is hilarious to think about where it's like, no, each sequel had diminishing returns and diminishing effect. And nowadays it's like, no, we got to we got to double the amount of money on our sequel. Which I think is just heading in the wrong direction. Because if it's, it's not bigger, what's the point of doing it? Right, and it's like setting you up for failure. Uh, mm. I, I mean, I understand there are some like bigger budget sequels that work and sometimes surpass the original Spider-Man Two, for example. It's like clearly they spent like double the budget and clearly they raised the stakes a little bit more. But like, mm-hmm. but the the grounding of the story and the characters is pretty consistent, which is part of the reason why I think it succeeded because it wasn't yeah. trying to like overreach. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, Apes, great example of a reboot. Also, um, you know, and 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 ripe like. There's no better time for a Planet of the Apes reboot than the next time you want to do one. Most definitely. You know, like, the the funny thing is, all they have to do is be entertaining and they work. They don't have to be, like, groundbreaking. They don't have to, like, the original Planet of the Apes movies have, like, a a fierce and loyal audience. Mm -hmm. And they're not too great. Like, so, you know, they just have to be entertaining. That's all they need to do. Uh also, too, I think they need to have a message because I think one of the reasons people really like that first Planet of the Apes is that it's good, hard science fiction with an at-the-time topical message. And even those new movies, pretty topical message, too, where it breaks down to the fact where it's like, what, what caused the downfall of humanity? Humans were being dicks, that's why. Humanity. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, we saw. Oh, we really. Maybe the apes do deserve a chip. Maybe they'll do better than us. Right. Well, especially because you know, like, when you see the apes like against the humans especially in the more recent movies you're like i know exactly how humanity is going to react yep and i know it won't be with open arms and like you know <laughs> and, no I, and diplomacy and and we get some good moral complexity stuff where it's like, oh, but there's actually evil apes here, too. And, you know, you got uh, this leader here who's kind of a complicated dude. And then you get the third one where it's just Woody Harrelson. Oh, leading the last bastion of the worst parts of humanity. And, oh, they're chanting and grunting. They are the animals now. Humanity has lost its humanity. We are no different than the apes. Right. It is time for them to overtake us. Right. Although I got to say, like, uh, 
when you watch like the original Planet of the Apes movie, and this is just we're devolving into a Planet of the Apes episode. Uh, the first Apes movie is that like there is no difference, and that the the apes are just as like once the apes had a scrape of power, yeah. they became like bureaucratic and mired in like bullshit, and they, they became, became the worst of us. Yeah, exactly. That like basically sentience and intelligence is the real like downfall of civilization. <laughs> And, and, you know, th that second Apes movie touched on it, too, in an interesting and timely way where it's like, you know, the apes have this amazing utopia in the forest and they can outlive us because they're bigger, stronger, et cetera, et cetera. But what, what leads to their ultimate fall down? Oh, they got guns. And now that they can kill in mass the way humanity does. Oh, that's what marks the end of their utopia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, jumping into the Super Chats a little bit, uh, Drew Chester says, Don't shut up and take my money. Seriously, <laughs> guys rock. Thank you very much. That's very kind. Nice. Uh, Scourge, thoughts on Young Justice Outsiders? I'm not watching it, Joel. Uh, I liked it, but boy, can you really, really feel the budgetary constraints on this one. This is this is what happens when you don't have a toy company picking up half the slack anymore. So they're like, okay, we could have a fight scene this episode, but maybe they just talk it out, or maybe we don't. <laughs> and uh, maybe we try and save that for the finale, maybe? Okay, and maybe we'll do like some uh, like, like some still screen stuff there. Like, man, that that show has all the ambition of the first two seasons, but none of the budget. Wow, Ugh, that sucks. Yeah, Mr. Roboto, as crime uh, acts are forbidden in Canadian comics, so I've heard. Uh, how do they read? Short answer. This is question for Joel. Ah, that's that's not actually as like. Here's the thing: we read all the American comics. That's like one of those laws where it might be a weird law, but it's like not enforced. It's like friggin' maritime law or something. <laughs> Chase Eichler says, does the new adventures of Batman and Robin count? No, because they carry over the continuity. I think it's a soft reboot because they, yeah. they reestablish like the visual style of mm. the show. And they all, like, it, yeah, I would consider it a reboot under the umbrella of Hollywood's like, we're rebooting this with a sequel. Like, that's not a reboot, you asshole. Yeah, but I don't know what this word means. And I know that it's a buzzword. And I'll, I, mm -hmm. I, I can quantify it being that I will make, I will be e either, either granted or earned 75 million extra dollars <laughs> if I call it a reboot. Yep. Because all Hollywood is, is a friggin' game of craps. So... Uh, with the new adventures of Batman and Robin, yeah, it's a soft reboot because like they changed the visual style, they changed the status quo, and they used that opportunity to change some of the personalities of some of these characters. Batman yeah. is a lot more of a dick. He's way less of a Bruce Wayne in that in that version of the show. Barbara yeah. Gordon is completely changed. There's a relationship between those two that was clearly never there in the previous series. Um, mm. Killer Croc has changed. Like, there's a lot of changes that go through the characters in that. So it's, it is technically the next season, but it's also a pretty like stark shift in it, in everything. It also opens the door too, so they can hang out with Superman and eventually go on to join the Justice League. And we slowly but surely move away from the neo 1930s thing we were doing. Exactly. As if C Ed helping us out. Thank you very much, As if. Mm. Um, the Iceman, Sal, as one of the three people that like Tron Legacy, is that a reboot or a sequel? A good reboot needs to have necessary or a reason to exist, like Dread. Uh, Tron Legacy is a sequel, friggin' like straight up. Now it is mm -hmm. a it is a reboot in as much as the the Mouse House probably called it a reboot, that they referred to it as one. Um, it certainly like if if the Force Awakens 
can be called a soft reboot, which is mm. straight up not. It is a friggin' sequel to Star Wars. It's literally the next episode. Just the next episode. Uh, then Tron Legacy is also technically uh, a soft reboot, although it is a continuation of the story, and it does, but it but it makes a few major shifts, um, but it maintains and preserves the integrity of the pre- of the previous story while also expanding on, on its on its mythology. So it's really, like, in essence, it is a pure sequel because, yeah. it's, like, it takes the previous source material and then expounds upon it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Which is exactly what a sequel should do. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and you're right. A good reboot needs to be, like, necessary at the very least. Like, it, a good reboot has a lot of moving parts to it. But yes. one of them has to be that people either have asked for it or... Uh, there's no reason not to do it. Yeah. You know, like it, w- it will not ruin the integrity of the previous franchise. Dread is a great example. Yes. Yes, it is. And I don't even call it a reboot because like dread is a comic. The first movie judge dread from Sylvester Stallone is a, com- a cheese ball. Uh, it's a movie based on that dread or dread 3d is essentially a different one. Yes. Um, it so it is technically a reboot. It, is it definitely justifies not a it exi- It justifies its existence by being like you know let's actually be a little closer to the source material here. Let's actually have a do over on this. I don't know. I, like it's funny because Dread is unquestionably a better movie. It is more. It is more fun. Mm-hmm. It is way better constructed, and the characters are a lot more like interesting. Oh yeah. Um, but Judge Dredd, the movie with, with Stallone in it, um, if you cut out Ron Rob Schneider from that movie, <laughs> it's not too far off from the source material. Like all no, the it, really... it definitely plays to the wackier parts of Judge Dredd's history, which has been there as like a big violent cartoon. Yeah, exactly. It is. It is dumb and loud and ridiculous, and it should be. Um, Dread is like a really baller action movie with a really mm-hmm. interesting kind of like premise about like the Gestapo. Dread manages to kind of like hammer home a modern version of like the kind of political overtones and the criticism of like America as a kind of like nation state. Yeah. Um, and uh, that or, as or shown through this state. mega city. Yeah, and like that 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 is straight up like a modern or a newer retelling and reinterpretation of the dread source material. But like mm. Sloane dread is basically that, uh, when he, when he has the helmet on, when he takes it off, yeah. he's basically just still, he's just cliffhanger, but, yeah. uh, you know, but yeah, dread, great, great example of a reboot, especially because they were like, let's not do. And another thing about the reboots is, or that what makes them good is let's not do, the same goddamn thing. Exactly, and that's such a major problem with reboots, where it's like, well, it worked before, and people paid for it before, so surely they'll pay for it again. Right. The, the, the problem was, like, everything worked about it. The script, the director, the only problem was the star, so we're just going to change that and then do it all over again. Like, that is not a, like, no one asks for that. No, never. And it never works out. Never, um, never. Adam Gross says, does the show Reboot count because it's called Reboot? <laughs> it does because they did Reboot Reboot. They did, and it was a horrible dumpster fire, which again, basically, it's like, well, we're doing this solely for IP reasons. Here's a name people remember. Let us keep the name and nothing else. Yeah, no, the new Reboot, it is it is a Reboot. It is also 
everything wrong with what people are trying to do with reboots. Yeah. It's obvious. Perfect encapsulation. Yeah. Like it's it's cheap, it's quick, it's obvious. There's no reason for it. It is not for anyone. Like it's not for t- children, teenagers, adults. People who like fit. the old show, people who have never seen it before. Right. It pleases nobody. And also, it throws out the conceit too. It's like, you know, this needs more live action segments. But it was a cartoon. It never had. Not it never not, had. That's what it needs. Yeah. What it needs is to be cheaper to make, and so we'll just shoot what, like idiot when, children. When you come into your reboot with the idea being, hmm, this is broken, I know how to fix it, then you're already coming out on the wrong foot by thinking you're better than the material you're rebooting. That's the thing. And, like, there is something to be said for having a kind of, like, distance on the franchise or property you're addressing. It's true, because if you're too much of a fan, you'll just retread old ground. That's the thing. Like, if you're trying to pull a franchise out of the garbage or toilet and you are trying to like and and you're doing it because like you believe in this thing you know you may be the wrong person for it because like you will be so hellbent on preserving that which exists when in reality like that thing already does exist like it's over there and if they're not making if they're not giving you an opportunity to make a sequel then you're not going to succeed i i i e the thing um john carpenter's the thing which is a reboot in of itself yes it is of uh, the thing from another world, uh, or the thing from outer space, uh, the thing is a reboot of a previous like B science fiction movie, um, but then they made the thing. I think like, right. like five years ago or more. I've completely blocked it from my yeah. That was the prequel. Yes. 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 Well, because originally the plan was make a reboot of the thing. Just do and it again. Just do it again, and the and the director was like i love john carpenter's the thing and i don't think it needs to be rebooted so i will help and i'll like and so he like helped to force it into being a prequel because he's like look you could literally do the thing again but they all die at the end like they do uh right and just set it in this period and it'll be a period piece you don't have to worry about cell phones and crap and so they did and it wound up being a thing nobody asked for because at the end of the day, like, no one cares about what happened to them outside of the context you get in the first 10 minutes of the original The Thing. And a, no pun intended, a thing most people forgot. I forgot they did that until you told me The Thing was a thing. Yeah. The other thing that sucks about The Thing reboot is that they were like, we're going to do all this stuff with, like, practical effects because that's what The Thing is, like, celebrated and referenced for. Right. And then... They were like, oh, that looks too much like what you're trying to do, and we're not using the CG that everyone wants to see. Because the thing is, if they don't know they're looking at CG, then how will they know we spent so much money on it? Mm. So they overdid all their puppets and stuff with CG, and it looks like total shit. So a lot of things, like, got in the way of, of the thing ever succeeding, the first of which was rebooting the thing or making a prequel of the thing nobody wants that yeah like at the end of the day seriously nobody wants that Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah jumping into some more reboots you we we were talking about thundercats Um, yes so yeah um from from this like there was a list we were talking about where they're talking about like hey there was this like successful reboot in 2011 Uh, you have something to say about that uh, yeah, was it successful, though, when it's not around anymore? Uh, I thought it was is your success means you run longer than one season is the <laughs> thing. I, I I see this Thundercats reboot, which, yes, I agree, has its fans. 
I see this Thundercats reboot and I raise you the new Netflix She-Ra show. I haven't even had a chance to watch that new Netflix She-Ra show, but it's already had like three seasons and people who have never given a fuck about She-Ra or the Masters of the Universe are giving a shit about this. So I guess they did their job. Right, exactly. No, the, the Thundercats did get a reboot and they did a good job because I've seen that show. Um, mm-hmm. Where they were like, okay, so we're just going to like not treat it like... I mean, Thundercats started out and was a toy commercial. Yep. This new... The, the the new one from eight years ago was also a toy commercial because they did, in fact, make Thundercats toys for that oh, franchise. Yeah. Um, but they also tried to infuse some kind of like modern sensibility and storytelling into it. And I think they managed to succeed. I think like they really expanded on the mythology and like made it more cohesive. It was less like slapdash and who cares. Like you could really feel it if you ever watch Thundercats like from '87 or whatever. Like it really does feel like no one cared and that they were just kind of doing whatever. Oh, they were making up on the spot as they all did back then. Yeah, despite the fact there's like 600 episodes of that show, um, and like every new edition wasn't like a deepening of the mythology so much as it was an opportunity to sell another action figure right Um, so you know that approach was a decent idea the idea of being like let's reboot thundercats Uh, they rebooted thundercats again if you recall into a kind of like weird i don't know like silly joke version Thundercats Roar? Did that ever come out? Thundercats Roar. I don't remember everyone pissing themselves in anger over that one in Nerd Rage. Did that even end up coming out, or did the fans just shout that one down into oblivion? I don't know, honestly. Uh, I feel like it must have come out because, like, money was spent. Uh, Nope, it hasn't. Didn't think so. No, it did not come out. Uh, It might come out. It could be that that Thundercats roar. What that sticks out to me is another big trend we've noticed in, you know, rebooting of old nerdy cartoons. Can we do it? But can we make it fit the Teen Titans go mold? Because that's making a lot of money for us right now. Is the, is Teen Titans go a reboot? And in fact, yes, of the 2003 show, most definitely. Totally. Yeah. Even though it's like same voice actors, same same design of the characters despite the fact that they are in a new character model like the costumes Mm. are all the same the designs are all the same like everything about it says we used the inspiration from teen titans but it's something else and it is this list we're going off of two calls uh, the Teen Titans Go thing uh, a failure of a reboot. Still fucking going. It has a movie and sequels and everything else, so I guess it isn't, arguably. Yeah. The only Teen Titans movie also stars the Teen Titans Go characters. So, no, it's not a failure at all. No, it's a massive cash cow that Cartoon Network plays nothing but it whenever I'm in hotels. Right. It is, uh, it was also, like, I'm sure inexpensive to produce. And Oh, no doubt about it. I'm sure they're like, whoa, whoa, wait, so we can have a show that doesn't look that great, you know, aimed mostly at children, and probably some stoners, too, dig it, too. Big time. And it'll be, and it'll be a massive, huge success, and we'll run whole blocks of it, and this will be our entire, like, pr- strategy going forward. What other things can we get to fill this mold? Yeah. No, I... I, I'm surprised that there hasn't been more Teen Titans goification of like popular franchises. Uh, they did it to Ben 10, which ben I was 10 never got into one? Ben. Ben 10 got one. Yeah, I never watched it because that was like after my time watching cartoons. But yeah, they did it to that. They arguably did it to Powerpuff Girls. Oh, yeah. No, they did. Uh, they, they did a Powerpuff Girls reboot, which is they're not f- like they're not superheroes. Like they're assholes. 
Yeah, just super lazy because, again, you can't recreate the magic that was Powerpuff Girls in the 90s because, oh, our characters can't really punch people anymore. and We can't do the cartoon violence gag, which was a huge part of the show. Yeah. Well, plus, like, just the huge characters, the genuine nature of the production for Powerpuff Girls. Powerpuff Girls was like, like, McCracken had, like, a real approach to that concept. And despite, like, you know, there is some continuity, but for the most part, like, it's just like, it's this really one dimensional cartoon that is about three powerful girls Mm -hmm. who, like, who solve all their problems by punching at them. <laughs> and, and, it, and it's a great avenue for comedy and memorable villains and like, you know, episode long Beatles riffs. Oh my God. No, like it was just, it. yeah. It, it's like, like a webcomic like made manifest. I don't know. Like, it's magic that will never come again. It was cartoon making punk rock at a time when like Cartoon Network could do no wrong. Yeah. Like uh, that was lightning in a bottle that you will never capture again and clearly never captured again. And that also highlights another problem. You did a new Powerpuff Girls show. You didn't get any of the original creators back. Again, no, as we've seen yeah. so far with the success of that Rocco's Modern Life thing and that Invader Zim thing on Netflix. You know why those specials were so good? They did different things. They justified their existence, but also they got the original creators back. Yeah. Now, that being said, I I, I want to warn against getting the original creators back because can't always do it. It's not always just them, right? Because like a show is, um, is a complicated organism that requires a, a gazillion people working on. Oh yeah. Takes and a village. Like when you're luck, when you're talking about like, 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 like Firefly, great mm. show, even better writers. Like you had some really, really terrific people working on that show. Uh, and all your favorite episodes of that show, and I'm talking to you, Brown Coats, mm-hmm. are probably written by Tim Minear. Right, and not Joss Whedon, even though Whedon gets all the credit. Yeah, and you know, well, and it says, like, who, who like, wrote and co-wrote those episodes. And you can feel, like, when Whedon was doing it and when, like, Whedon had to work with other people and how much more you like the ones where he didn't do it all by himself. And then you watch Serenity and it's just Whedon doing whatever he wants. And you're yeah. like, oh, this is a misery fest. Like, <laughs> and also answers questions that I didn't ask or care about. What are you doing? Um, so I, I, you know, plus, like, I mean, obviously, if you were like, oh, I want to make like prequels to Star Wars, get George Lucas back and have him work on them. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like the original creators, good not necessarily example. a good idea. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, like, that, talk about that Zim, that, the Zim and Rocco reboot. I'm, mm. I would love to see a renaissance of Nick shows rebooted slash resurrected. Yes, please, because clearly these creators still have it, still have stories to tell, and Netflix was game for it. I'm shocked these didn't go to Nickelodeon. I'm shocked that Netflix had to be the one to be like, yeah, we'll do these nostalgia reboots. Right? Like, Nickelodeon's just like, no, we'll we'll, we'll allow it or produce it, but, like, you can post it. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You're very, missing out. Very, very weird. But then again, it's like, in the modern age, just doing it on Netflix mean you'll get more eyes on it, or at least get more eyes for people who remembered who are probably our age now? Probably. I, I think, like, especially with those kinds of properties, properties where your audience is probably in their mid to late 30s, mm. they'll, like, if you put it, 
if you make the like if you make it easy to obtain you have a higher chance of that audience watching it yeah you know like zim rocco uh you know any anything where like yeah where, where it's like there's no barrier to entry oh Net- netflix i have that i'll just watch it on my lunch break like yeah, that's easy enough. Whereas if it's like, oh, all you got to do is turn on Nickelodeon. So you got to figure out what num- what channel that is if you have cable. And if you then, even have cable. And then wait for it or DVR it, I guess. And then remember that you DVR'd it. Like, no. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of steps in there for people our age who just don't consume our media that way anymore. Yeah, though I would be wary of calling the Rocco or Zim movies reboots because they're literally just the next episodes of their respective franchises. If they got, they are straight up continuations from the original creators who pick up like they never stopped, despite, you know, uh, some fun modern day references there. I think that's another good example of shows that need to be rebooted and deserve it. Shows that ultimately didn't run that long. Because here's the thing you love Zim and you love Rocco. In the modern scheme of things, they didn't run that long. So there were still places they could have gone. They were, you know, victims of at that time what killed a lot of cartoons we enjoyed growing up and that is the oh you've hit enough episodes now where we can just syndicate you and run you forever why why would we give you more money to make shows we can rerun forever silly right there's also the 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 added um nickelodeon curse on a lot of those shows where they were like oh any show we were making didn't last more than three seasons yeah they were just like oh no three seasons is the mark that's it canceled like whether it was successful or not yeah because we don't want to risk getting to the point where it wasn't successful and we know at three seasons we'll have enough episodes to syndicate it. We're, we're, we're good. But those shows still had, like, plenty of story to tell. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, this is this is going back a ways, but, like, any any Nickelodeon show that was canceled that wasn't Rugrats or SpongeBob yep. could have, like, at least another season to go. Yep. Or, like, or at least another special like, you could literally do an, a Hey Dude special. Mm. Like, you could have Pete and Pete do a thing. And it, <laughs> What are those two guys doing these days? They have actually? a podcast. <laughs> oh, shit. Do they really? They do. They do. I was... Uh, that's fucking cool. Yeah. One of them lives in, in, in the area. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I never watched it, but I guess Hey Arnold, after all those years, actually did get its jungle movie. Yes, Hey Arnold did get get the movie, although uh, to mixed reviews. Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, jumping back into the Super Chats, because there's a lot of great examples that I wanted to get to uh, that we didn't mention. Uh, the Iceman says, the, car- the three cartoons that trumped their source material but no one watched, uh, the, two- the mid-2000s He-Man... Uh, 2011's Thundercats and the New Adventures of Johnny Quest. New Adventures of Johnny Quest, mm. undoubtedly great, superior version of Johnny Quest. No good, question. good reference. Yeah, uh, the Thundercats show again, watchable versus the other version, the classic Thundercats. Listen, I grew up with Thundercats. Mm, as did it, I. It's unwatchable. It <laughs> as is. an adult. <laughs> And again, even to compare it to something like He-Man and She-Ra, at least He-Man and She-Ra had like Straczynski cutting his teeth on a couple episodes here and there. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, and by the way, yeah, he's right. The 2000s version of He-Man in the Master Universe, it, it looks just like the old show, but also is like clever and uses like modern sensibilities and mythology. So I can't argue with that. Mm. Uh, Taylor Harris. Didn't last, though. 
no, again, like didn't didn't survive. Also, it was a toy commercial, but like didn't make it. And I think the problem is just well, one of the problems with reboots not succeeding, or like with continuations being like you know like like the X Files revival. Yeah. Remember when, the, which one? There's been multiple. Exactly, and how like nobody liked the last one, and it was a whole show. It was a whole like season basically, and it's like because at the end of the day. Who are you catering this for? Like, what size exactly. is your audience? Like, you need either 100% of your audience to consume the hour or two that you can produce, or you need, like, more than 50% to consume, like, three episodes or something. Like, you need to really, like, scale it back and know that you're that you're hitting a niche and that you're trying to exploit that niche and you're not, like, making something new to build a new audience. Perfect example of something that did it right by building a new audience and also telling new fans why they should care if they never saw it before. That DuckTales show where it's like, look, Uncle Scrooge, Donald Duck, timeless characters. All right. But if you're a new audience and you've never heard any of these other characters before, let us show you why you should care. And let us also, you know, expand the plot, sprinkle in some mystery stuff here because, you know, that helps with watchability in this bingeable age. The new DuckTales is the one of the best examples of a reboot done right. It I have almost seen, shouldn't work. It, by all rights, it shouldn't. It, because you have an example of that when they did the the DuckTales NES reboot video game. Ah, uh, yeah. And they brought back, like, old voices from the original cartoon to play them again. And, like, it did fine. But it didn't yeah. It didn't blow the doors off of it. It didn't, like, it didn't warrant any sequels or any continuations. It was just, like here's something and we got we we tricked people to give us money to make this thing for like both of you but mm -hmm. ducktales but like and the trick and another like example of thing hopefully you're all keeping keeping tally of what all the examples um another thing that you need in order to have a successful reboot is new blood that cares about the source material but oh, is also yeah. talented enough Indeed, to know to do their own thing like the DuckTales show is amazing in its ability to capture the spirit of the old show while also giving you a more mature, modern version of that show and also and, still preserving the integrity of the of the spirit of that old show. And to even come in with a big idea, too, where it's like, look, are you nostalgic for DuckTales? I bet you watched a lot of the Disney Afternoon. Well, what if I told you this show is now a grand unified theory <laughs> of the Disney Afternoon where we will reference gummy bears and gargoyles and the Sky Pirates from Tailspin? It's all going to be here. Oh, yeah, and we'll work Darkwing Duck in here, too. Yeah, no, the 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 level of care and effort and, like, intricate weaving that goes into this show is practically unprecedented. It really is. I, it's I, like it, yeah. it's like how did they get them to allow them to make this? Right. I, I'm thrilled the show exists because I hope it is generating a new audience. Um, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, my only my only issue is I hate Donald Duck. Like. Oh, you don't like David Tennant? Or oh no, the yeah, the no, other no, no. Uh, yeah, David, Donald. David Tennant as Scrooge McDuck is amazing. No, I hate Donald Duck. I can't understand oh, really? him. I don't find him funny. I don't like his antics. I didn't, and, and if you ever watch DuckTales, like, he's only in, like, four episodes out of, like, two or three seasons. Like, he's not really in the show. He's not really part of the myth. Because he wasn't in original DuckTales. Yeah. Uh, but he is in every episode, and he needs to be involved, and it's like, every time he shows up, it's like a wet fucking blanket. <laughs> like, for Did me. It. 
Uh, did, did you like when they replaced his voice with Don Cheadle's voice? That was funny. I like that a lot. <laughs> I, I really, I was like, do that forever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but Ducktales, great example of another terrific uh, reboot gone gone right. Mm. Um, Taylor Harris, would you consider the new continuity of Star Wars a reboot? Comics, games, movies, cartoons, movies. How successful do you think it is? Um, yeah, because basically they threw away the expanded. That's, that's another unprecedented weird thing. Yeah. Star Wars was, you know, look at the timeline. Star Wars was was originally one movie, mm-hmm. then one movie and a book, then three movies, then three movies and a bunch of books. Then three a movies, tangled web of games, comics. Yeah, then three movies, a bunch of books, a bunch of comics, a bunch of video games, and they're all part of the same continuity. And as long as like someone's keeping track of it, it makes sense. But no one's really asking the hard questions. And then they were like, oh, we got it. Throw everything except for the six movies out. And, and a couple of the cartoons. They kept Rebels and they kept the Clone Wars. Right, well, Rebels, yeah, exactly. Um, and you know what? Like, I, I know I've taken this controversial stance before, but in my mind, I'm like, good. The expanded universe needed pruning. Nuke it if you must. I honestly like I, the, the, the thing that worked for me about the expanded universe was that while there was an answer for everything, like there was an example of if, 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 if a character appeared on screen in Star Wars as a novel comic video game reference about that character explaining why they're there. Mm-hmm. That that happened, but also you didn't really have a bad time. Like it didn't impede your ability to watch or enjoy Star Wars. Like it managed to expand upon the mythology and the and the history, but also somehow managed to get out of the way. You could even you could literally I, selectively choose to read or acknowledge any number of things in continuity. Even even when we got to stuff like Force Zombies and the Yuzon Vong and uh, like uh, oh god what was that the 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 lady who wrote the Mandalorian books forever and she's like well actually the Mandalorians are the best biggest baddest strongest people in the universe yeah no it's true like any of those things you could pretty much be like well at some point or another I'm gonna stop caring you know or I'm gonna not be interested or I'm not gonna read it like at this point I I don't know how successful it is I will say that I don't think it is as successful as it used to be. Like, I don't, I don't think it is as it, I don't think that star, that, that star Wars expanded universe building is the, the moneymaker that it used to be. I mean, it's really only the comics in one cartoon at this point. And I guess in November, we're getting that new video game. Yeah. But there's also novels. Oh yeah, that's right. There's like I a bunch of novels. And that's the thing is that like people are talking about it as much as they used to. Which is to say, no one's talking about it. Mm. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'd say it's probably the same as it ever was, but like now more confusing because they're still publishing the old shit, and they're calling it something else. So there's like that plus. So it's probably worse. That's my thought. Mm-hmm. Um, Gorgon Fish thoughts on the Avatar: Last Airbender reboot. Um, uh, the movie. They made a movie that sucked, and they're making a yeah. show on Netflix that is like a continued, yeah, yeah. that's like a live action version of it. I mean, it can't be worse than the movie? Right. The show is perfect. That's all you need. There's a Legend of Korra continuation, which I thought was amazing the first season and then wasn't. Mm. Um, so, like, but but regardless, you have enough show. I don't think you need... That's a, And with Avatar The Last Airbender, they were like, we're doing this live-action show. Why? 
Like, no one's asking for it. Like, yeah, no that's one another wants one. It. Like, who's the audience for? It's like, oh, you know, I'd really watch Avatar, but I hate cartoons. Right. Uh, and if that's the audience, that, that, that audience is way smaller than you think and doesn't deserve a show. Because yeah, I'm I'm sorry you can't enjoy this then. Yeah, like it's bizarre. Joshua Very. Wright, Apes movies felt like what the X Men films should be. Thoughts on mm. Margot Robbie doing a Tank Girl movie? I love Tank Girl. Hope it's appropriately bonkers. I hope so too. Tank Girl would be a reboot because of course there was a reboot, a Tank Girl film with yes. Lori Petty and love her. And it's um, it's unbelievable that it exists and that it's, it's like it's goddamn ridiculous it is you, you definitely watch it malcolm mcdowell kills a man by draining all his water from him and ice tea is a kangaroo man that i don't think i think naomi watts plays jet girl and i've never been more attracted to naomi watts than i was in that movie hey man unbelievable <laughs> But uh, check that out. If, but yeah, Margot Robbie, I mean, like, here's the thing. It's funny. Tiffany was saying this the other day. She was like, man, I, I hope Margot Robbie likes things that I like so that she can somehow make those things happen. Like, that's really what it feels like, doesn't it? You know, like Margot Robbie's like, we're going to make this. We're going to make Gotham City Sirens a movie, but we're going to call it Birds of Prey. Boom. Movie. Margot Robbie wants to do Tank Girl. Boom. She's going to get one. Like, hey, Margot, do you like Silent Hill? Can you yeah. help make Silent Hill 2 into a movie? Like, do you like other things we like? Can you make she's, those? <laughs> she's just like a modern day Cleopatra. Like, oh, anyone will do anything for like a beautiful, rich woman. I want to make this happen. Okay, it's happening. The right. tr trucks are on the road right now, Miss I mean, Robbie. Because her production company made movies like friggin' Tanya Harding's movie. Like, which That's was a really good movie. Great. Uh, Dr. Mad, sorry it's been mentioned already, the Doctor Who reboot is great as it's really friendly for newcomers without throwing everything mm. out. I mean, like, it should be, because every, I, I, the way I look at it, every, basically every season, like every is new Doctor start. is a reboot. It really is, it's a fresh start, and that's even if you don't count, like, the Eccleston years, which everyone's like, okay, this is where modern Who starts. For those who have never watched it before, start here, and if you like it, then you there's can more. go back. Yeah, there's exactly. more. There's like decades more you can go back and watch it. Right, but there's people who are like, I only like this this Doctor, this era. So for them, that is Doctor Who, and that's all they need. And, and that's fine. That's a cool thing about that series. It's like you can pick and choose, man. Yeah, that's what's so really bizarre and neat about it. Um, so you know, that's cool. I don't really like Doctor Who, but like I appreciate that it exists and that it that it has this much, you know, accommodation. I, I tried so hard. I watched all of the Eccleston years and all of the Tenant years in like a big lump sum. And I'm like, all right, I feel like I'm cramming for an exam that no one's going to give me. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, what was it? Ash and Jackal 2002 He-Man had more episodes than the new She-Ra. Uh, yeah, it did. Um, it was two seasons of the origin of the 2002 He-Man show. Mm. Uh, and as I understand it, she is still being produced. So it's kind of yeah. like... Uh, when, I don't think there's even really a comparison between the two. It's more like they did that and then it was canceled, but it was also like a great approach to that franchise. And I haven't watched a single frame of animation besides the trailer for She-Ra. Uh, but I can say that like, if it appeals to its demographic, then it has value and I'm glad it's there. It's found uh, a whole new demographic by the looks of it there. And Hey, also too, uh, the fact that it was so popular, we talked about this before we started, that now they want to do a He-Man show with Kevin Smith. Yeah, that Kevin Smith is going to basically produce and show run 
a continuation of the 80s He-Man mythology into a new format that's like, I was like, fine. Like, at that point, I was like, oh, well, okay. Like, I don't, like, I, I was never asking for more He-Man at, at all. And there's three He-Man reboots. If you count, yeah. like, if you count that other He-Man 80s show where he goes into the future or space oh, or something. Oh, Extreme He-Man. Yeah, I don't remember what the hell it was called. It was, like, it was horrendous. But there was He-Man, you know, Mask of the Universe. There was also the He-Man where he, like, yeah, he goes, he flies spaceships. There's the Lundgren movie. Yep, there's the Lundgren movie. There's the He-Man 2002 show. There's the other He-Man reboot. And there's, there's so much. So, you know, there's plenty of He-Man to go around. Oh, um, yeah. Preston Bryant says, X-Men Evolution, is that a reboot? Thoughts on it? Yeah, basically it is. Yeah, yeah, you're starting from scratch. They're kind of using some of the continuity from the movies, but not really. That's more of a stylistic thing. Yeah, it's basically starting from scratch. Because well, also, so did Wol so did Wolverine and the X Men, which is another reboot that yes. also takes its cues from the movies and stuff, but is its own thing. I mean, like, yeah, any any X Men show is basically a reboot at this point. Yeah. Right. I mean, all these new Spider Man shows that they keep coming out with. Yeah. No. Uh. Oddly enough, uh, Spider-Man Unlimited was a soft reboot. It's really a hard reboot, but like technically connected to the continuity of the original '90s Spider-Man show. That's right, because he knows who Venom and Carnage are when it starts. He knows who Nick Fury is. He knows he, all this shit. Yeah, they play his theme when he like goes into action, yeah. which is the only good part of that. Yeah, that show is the worst. <laughs> I, I can't believe they made so many episodes of that. I, I can't believe that. Uh, Mr. Bavado says, The Tomorrow People, is it a modern reboot? It was a modern reboot? Um, I guess so. There was a show called The Tomorrow People from the 70s. Mm -hmm. So, and then they made a one, and then they made one in the 90s, as I think. Uh, it didn't last long. No, it did. And then there was the 2013 Tomorrow People. So, yeah, yeah. smart people have been rebooted at least three times, or at least two times. Almost as many times as, uh, whatchamacallit, Knight Rider. <laughs> Knight Rider. Knight Rider was also rebooted. Yes, a couple times they tried to reboot Knight Rider. Like Knight a couple. Thousand. Yeah, a couple years close together. I'm like, didn't you guys just try and do. No one's interested in a talking car anymore. Yeah. What I mean, if his I car was a Transformer, though? Right? I, I don't know. I feel like you could have just continued Knight Rider. Like you don't need to do a reboot. You could just be like, it's just a it, the 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 brain of the car goes into another into another model or something, whatever. Transformers, another franchise. Now that I mentioned it, ripe with reboots, restarts. Some that keep the continuity from some stuff. Some that kind of do their own thing. Some that are anime. Some that are more traditional animation. No, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, crap. Uh, I wanted to mention the Tick because the Tick mm. has gone through a few reboots or reimaginations. Re uh, cartoon or comic book, cartoon show, live action show, and then another live action show. Crazy. And the new live action show got, I don't know, a lot of popularity despite the fact that nobody watched it enough to be successful or to be picked up by other networks besides Amazon. Um, but yeah, I think that's a perfect example of networks being like, Green Light of Season 2, but why? <laughs> yeah. I, Just do I, it. I didn't really care for the idea behind the the tick, uh, the new series. I really didn't like the dude who played him. Mm, I know so you didn't. We've had I, this. I was like, let's not get into this. But uh, 
Like, I was like, I'm not going to watch this show. And then, like, it, you know, people were, like, it was critically acclaimed. People really liked that show. But it was Crazy. straight up reboot. Like, complete, and a straight up reboot in terms of, like, they were like, we're going to do, like, we're going to reimagine it entirely. Like, we're going to mm. do a totally different version of it. Um, while still maintaining the spirit of what you're looking for. Um, uh, Tevia says, what, uh, thoughts on Voltron reboot from Netflix? I didn't oh, watch yeah. it, but I heard a lot of good things about it. I only watched a little of it. It ran for quite a few seasons. They basically just avatared Voltron, which again, they've redone Voltron numerous times too. They had that CG Voltron show. They had all the different uh, spinoffs of Voltron. Yeah, Voltron's been rebooted a couple times. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and this new one, you know, yeah, I feel like it won't be the last. No, no, because that's one of those uh, properties that just keeps on coming back time and time again. I got to finish it. I've like started it several times. Like, all right, I'm going to watch in this giant robots, big kind of Megazord fights. I'm down for this. Right. Um, what about uh, what about Power Rangers? Like you're, you're a Power Ranger guy. Uh, I feel like they're all kind of in there in the same continuity. But like, do would they still count as reboots? Or, or are they just kind of like reimagining? Like, what do you, what would you call? Because like once they started calling them Power Rangers underscore whatever yeah. the fuck, you know, I, I was like, okay, I don't know. What, do you, what even is this anymore? Power Rangers is a mess in this regard, <laughs> actually. They really need like a crisis on Infinite Earth to kind of like clean this shit up. So you got, you know, the Mighty Morphin era in space, Turbo, Zeo, blah, blah, blah. That was like literally the same, mostly the same cast, minus some changes jumping from series to series whenever they ran out of Japanese footage. Okay. And then eventually they're like, all right, Christ, no, Jason David Frank can't do this forever. Then after that, there was a whole era where every new series was basically a from zero start over. But sometimes we did crossovers and sometimes yes. we had to explain. It's like, oh, they came through a time portal or a hole in the universe. And then you get the Disney era where Disney's like, fuck it, we own it now. We're starting from scratch. All that other shit was comic books. None of that existed. Yeah. That's how people have knowledge of Power Rangers, but this is the only first time they've ever been real. Then Savannah got the rights back, and then they're like, yeah, but we want to have crossovers with these people. So that also happened, but this didn't happen. It's a mess. It's a wonderful, wonderful mess. So they did, but they did basically approach it at least sometimes from the perspective of we're rebooting Power Rangers traditionally yes every new season was a start over i mean if you really want to look at a reboot the movie the right. last movie they did we're doing the mighty Morphin era over again from scratch yes that is straight up a, a, a reboot it wasn't like at the end of the movie i don't know i didn't see it because like why but uh mm. i didn't see the like i assume there was no like post-credit scene where like they you know the original power rangers are like looking through a portal or something and they're like oh uh, Jason David Frank and Kimberly are indeed in the movie, but only as cameos. Okay. But do they play uh, Kimberly and Tommy? Nah, nah, okay. they just play two passersby. All right, that's see, that's fine. Like that's the thing. Like the Starsky. Like there was a moment where you're like, like, like remember the Dukes of Hazard movie and mm -hmm. the Starsky and Hutch movie, and when How they were trying those things, and then for no reason at the end of Starsky and Hutch, like the original Starsky and Hutch, like show up. And yep. you're like, this is a sequel? What? Or when they made that Shaft movie, the first one, not the last yes. one, which also is a continuation of the last one, which is also a continuation of the Shaft movie series, where they're like, no, Shaft had a nephew, and he also is called Shaft, and he also did the same thing as Shaft, but there's still Shaft, and the original Shaft is still around. 
to, to think that Shaft actually has such a like continuity that actually makes sense. I actually quite enjoyed that last Shaft movie, honestly. I didn't see made. the new one. Uh, I I meant to see it, but was like, you know, it's not a it's not a high movie on it's, my priorities list. It's surprisingly fun. It actually has a reason to exist because they actually try and explore the idea where it's like, look, everything that made Shaft cool in the seventies and even when Samuel L. Jackson did it before. Yeah, none of that's cool anymore in the public <laughs> eye. It's all highly problematic. So the fact that we introduce new young Shaft Jr., who is like a modern-day millennial kid, and like to have him clash with his father, who was out of his life for all these years. So they make Shaft an absent father who comes back. Like, no, that's not cool either, being an absent <laughs> father. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, you actually had a reason for this movie to exist. Holy shit. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Mind Freak 555. Uh, what about those shows that always get reboots, like Scooby Doo, Transformers, Tom and Jerry, mm. Looney Tunes? Um, they're definitely they get reboots. The question is whether like they're warranted. Like Scooby Doo yeah. doesn't need to be rebooted, and I I would argue that there was only like really one time that ever was rebooted. Eh, two. And really, it was more reimagined. Like a pup named Scooby Doo was right. like, you know, it was just one of those. It, it was I would I would hesitate to call it a reboot, more call it an exploitation. Right. You know, like we need to like we're just like Tom and Jerry kids. You know, like just make them the Flintstones yo, yo, kids. Yo. Just make them smaller and have the stakes like lowered considerably. Um, uh, I mean, I guess Mystery Incorporated, but that was also kind of a weird prequel because we see them all in the town they came from before they started going on adventures cross country. And then there was, of course, like the the, the, the Scooby Doo movies, like not the live action movies, those like direct to DVD movies back right. then, which are kind of, I assume, I assume part of the same continuity. Uh, yes, they are. Zombie Island even starts out by saying that, yeah, they all got really disillusioned with dudes in masks. Right. And that's that's cool. Uh, but for me, like, like I mean, if you look at like the Scooby Doo, no, uh, what was it called? What's new, Scooby Doo? Where, yes. they, where they introduced Scooby Doo's horrible extended family, and yeah, like, only two out of the five like stuck around or something like Scooby that. Scooby Dumb, Scooby Dumb, Scooby D. Like that's technically like a soft reboot uh, because they were like, we're gonna, we're just gonna revisit the premise and kind of like throw out the things that make it work. Mm -hmm. um, it'd be like if they did Gilligan's Island. But they only kept like Skipper, Marianne, and Gilligan, and that was it. And yeah, instead weird. of an island, they're on like the top of a tall building or something. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, it's just something stupid that like is like changing it for the sake of changing it. Yep. Uh, but when it comes to things like Transformers, for the most part, when they make Transformers, like they, tr I mean, like until they stopped making them all in CG, they tried to make it all part of the same continuity. Which, God bless them for that. Yeah, but there are some, like, reboot Transformers. And, like, Tom and Jerry, like, uh, while, yes, they reboot it, and they made the, they made the Tom and Jerry movie, um, they, you know, they have a number of cartoons. Uh, they have that weird one where, like, I think Tom and Jerry go, like, to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. They do a couple of those. Like, they meet Sherlock Holmes. They did, like, a bunch of uh, Tom and Jerry in the public domain shit. Right, like. Like Abbott and Costello meet Boris Karloff, like that kind but, of thing. But even like worse than that, because apparently from what I understand and my friends in the animation industry, it's like, OK, so these Tom and Jerry movies where they do the public domain stuff, they're the B plot. The A plot is the story from the thing. They're the they're just there to break up the monotony and to be cut to every so often as they do classic Tom and Jerry. Shenanigans. That's weak. That's not anything. Yeah. Tell me about it. That sucks.
That's some bullshit. But I hear what you're saying. Uh, yeah. But th- what about those shows? Those are all, yeah, they get reboots every couple of years. Uh, the Looney Tunes, they get reboots every so often. But, but, like, are they, though? Like, because the nature of Looney Tunes shows are mm. that, like, they're all kind of in their own, like, stories. You know, like, yeah. what about when Bugs Bunny's fighting Yosemite Sam again, but this time Yosemite Sam actually is, like, a Civil War general? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what about, like, when, when Bugs Bunny is, like, dealing with, like, I don't know, like pirates, you know, like uh, he, he is from, from, from my perspective, none of them are reboots because like, they're all actors that work in right. Hollywood that play in these serials. Well, th- those are like the sketch stuff, but then you got like weirder stuff, like the Looney Tunes show where it's like, what if we saw these characters when they weren't doing sketches <laughs> and they just like live in Hollywood and it's kind of like a real world type situation? Yes. that. But like, again, I, I consider that all kind of part of the same continuity because no one really cares. Like, but it is a reboot in terms of mm. rebooting the premise of Looney Tunes. It's expanding. the. What about Lunatics Unleashed when they're like weird anime here? in a dark dystopian future lunatics slash lunatics unleashed is like a perfect example of a reboot done wrong yes but uh if you if you don't watch anything from these like from these examples we've used the i i beg of you the least of which like the only thing you watch from it uh is the um there's like an old like i think it's a Newgrounds cartoon or something <laughs> Uh, but it's like an old uh, profanity-laden cartoon <laughs> called A New Bunny, in which uh, the first version of Buzz Bunny, because like when they rebooted, when they created the Lunatics, right. the first version, they were like sharp and scary and had like horrible looking eyes. Yes, I remember. And they were like released the images and everyone was like, that's not gonna work and i remember this was like early days of like uh forms and twitter and everything yeah i remember that yeah so this one like guy made this hilarious cartoon condemning it uh and it's called a new bunny and in which like i'm looking at it buzz bunny shows up and just screams at these two children (laughs) and says the most heinous things i've ever heard in a cartoon (laughs) at the time it's so funny like, I'm glad because like lunatics didn't make it right. Like no one saw it. Nobody cared. And what's no. funny is after they released the first designs for lunatics, they were like, you know, and, and the internet was like collectively pass. They were like, okay, soften them up. So they made them like more cute. Like they'd soften yes. them a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, it didn't save it. So don't worry about it. The point is lunatics. The best thing about it is the, a new bunny cartoon where <laughs> They just make fun of how stupid that is. Um, it ran for two seasons, 26 episodes. I'm looking at it right now. I mean, like, 26 is, like, half the length of, like, an 80s cartoon. Yep. But still, there are only, what, six episodes of the Clerks cartoon show? Like, come on. So, yep. yeah. Uh, only one season of Undergrads, which they say the creator's trying to bring that back. He had a Kickstarter. I don't know if that's actually happening oh, sure. or not. Yeah. Well, have we talked about shows that, like, were killed way before their time? Like, friggin'. Uh, what's that great show? Clone High. You yeah. Know, like, shows where it's like they got four episodes. Like do one movie or something. I don't know. Uh, I mean, now's the time for it because again, nostalgic reboots are all the rage. Try and track these people down and be like, hey, a network will give you a special now. Yeah. 
Uh, that Novo guy says, I've been dying for a Johnny Quest reboot. Uh, you got it, my friend. It's called The Venture Brothers, and it's the best version of Johnny Quest that exists. It really, really is. And Venture Brothers is just so fucking smart and so good. When you see Action Johnny and Dr. Z, who are just Johnny Quest and Zim, they're wearing their costumes from the new adventures of Johnny Quest. There you go. Uh, also, just, a, just as an added bonus, if you aren't yet convinced to watch Venture Brothers and enjoy it, the uh, the co-creator and mo- and primary writer on the Venture Brothers was is working under a pseudonym that used to be called Richard Liebman Smith, who worked directly with Ben Edlund and wrote every episode with him of the original Tick cartoon show. Oh well, th- okay. See, I didn't know that, and that makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, that v- basically Venture Brothers morphed into a modern adult version of the Tick where it's like a parody of superheroes. Yeah. But yeah, no, Jackson Public used to be Richard Liebman Smith, and he wrote every episode with Ben Edlund of the original Tick show. Which so. which name is the fake name, uh, Richard Liebman? Jackson or Public Jack- is the fake name. Yeah, because I was going to say, they both sound pretty fake. Wait, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't Richard Liebman Smith. It was another name. Either way, Jackson Public's the fake name. Because, like, obviously you read a name like that, and it's like, that that ain't on your birth certificate. <laughs> no. No, I'm sorry. Richard Lehman Smith is an actual person, but the uh, there was another person who worked on every episode, and that was Jackson Public. My Doc Hammer, on the other hand, obviously that's your real name. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which, of course, you who you can, of course, follow on DeviantArt, where he used to paint pictures of melancholy ladies. And also wrote Venture Brothers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Um, Basically, what makes a good reboot is that there needs to be a vacuum. Like, there needs to be a call for it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, like, the timing and the platform. Is everything. Like, na- like the, the worst time to make, like, a Tick live action show was around 2001 when <laughs> they did. Because, like, superhero parodies were not exactly in vogue back then. Chris McCullough. Thank you, Alex. Uh, Chris McCullough is Jackson Public. Right. Um, but yeah, like, um, the, the superhero parodies and condemnations of that genre didn't really, wasn't really the best time, but like, yeah, the best time for a tick show was probably a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. you know what? Like, there were a million avenues for it. They all said no except for Amazon, and after the show got canceled, they all said no again, so like, which is hilarious because Amazon would have its superhero deconstruction show in The Boys that people are actually quite enjoying right now. Yeah, maybe The Tick just didn't go far enough. I don't think so, though. I think it's just that The Tick only appeals to a certain amount of people. <laughs> it's true. But uh, but yeah, as far as like reboots go, you got to have you got to have a platform. You got to have a built in audience and or you have to have a concept for that property that is original enough to either like engender yourself to that audience or mm-hmm. to create a new audience. You got to not be afraid to do something different and having the original creator if not involved have their blessing certainly helps too. Yeah. Cuz uh yeah, like you could based cuz they like uh Vasquez made a few significant changes to the Zim world in the mm-hmm. Florpus movie while still feeling like a extra long episode of the show. Yeah. And based on the strength of that movie, like you could probably bring Zim back. Like you could, yeah. and, and it would feel a little different and it would do a little, a, a few things differently. It wasn't the exact same show. It was a very like 
updated version of the show. Uh, and that's the, th- and that's really the thing is that like whoever's creating it or working on it, especially if they're the original creator needs to not be afraid to grow and evolve with the times. Exactly. You know, like I, I was amazed by Jerry Conway writing Renew Your Vows or writing Carnage and how this is the guy who wrote Spider-Man when John Romita Sr. was drawing him. And that he can still hang with everyone today and has not lost a step that has actually gotten better, arguably. And if you read like the Night Gwen Stacy Diary, you read that like they're they're great and they're important and all that. But like they read like they're written in the 70s, like they feel like 70s comics. But the new stuff he's doing feels like new comics. Yeah. And you're like, that guy knows how to reinvent himself mm-hmm. and change the times. Such So much must it be with these reboots. Um, so, you know, in order for them to work, that needs to happen. It can't just be, I need more money or I'm trying to exploit an established audience. Because the thing about the established audience is like, they're happy to be exploited. You know, like, Indeed. like I'm happy to give you money for a show I've asked for, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but don't like trick me or give me a crappy version of it. Exactly. You, know, like, you F- mentioned fans J- are lawyer, but they're also fickle. You, I mean, look at uh, look at look at Young Justice. You were talking about how like it feels you can feel the budget, and it's like, would you have rather a new season of Young Justice or like a two Keep your memories or, or no, or, or two movies. Oh yeah. That just wrap up the story perfectly. Oh, movies. Definitely. In fact, I think that's what they should have done. Right. Like, and so, you know, don't be afraid to just give the audience exactly what it wants and no more. Like, yeah. or, or something else that they, they not necessarily what they want, but what they, what you think they need and no more just being like here. Like, I feel like, Despite the success, I don't know, though, because Netflix will never let you know, like, of Zim, I wouldn't be surprised if you never see another Zim show again. Like, another Zim movie or show ever again. If it's oh, over. really? I wouldn't be surprised if it was over forever. Because hmm. he's like, he's working, he's busy, he did this, it was successful. But, like, you know, he's like, that's all I really wanted to say. Like, that's all I wanted to do. Which maybe that's why the special format is better too. It's like, no, I can't, you know, commit to a whole show now. But again, let me let me say what I got to say and be done with it. Exactly. Because sometimes like a show or or an ongoing series or any number of like continuations of something you love, that's that is too much space. And all it does is betray that that thing you like or that thing that you want to see continue really didn't have a lot of life left in it anyway. That's the fear, isn't it? That's like when every time when something like uh, when Arrested Development came back or when all these other shows came back and it's like, ooh. Oh, as it turns out, really, we only needed like three episodes of Arrested Development, if that. Like, I remember when they announced on DC Universe the Swamp Thing show. Oh, yeah. And I was like, really? Like, I mean, like, I'm cool with that. And but like, really? And it's a fun show. Like, it's actually pretty decent. Yeah. But the last episode is garbage. Died on the vine. Because they just killed it. Like, because they, they ran out of money. They ran out of time. They couldn't fire, They couldn't wrap it up. And it's like, if you knew you, if you knew that there's, because like, look at, look at um like any show that we produce that's like a multi-part show. You're going to see diminishing returns every time you release it. Like every show you watch that is like part one, part two, part three on YouTube, part one, you know, like 20,000 views, part two. Mm-hmm. 
10,000 views, part three, 4,000 views. You're like, what? And I don't understand how it works or why, but the fact Click is like- another video. Eh. But the fact is like, there's just diminishing returns. And it's like, if you know, you're only really going to have like four episodes to really get people to watch Swamp Thing, then give them only four episodes and put like all the budget into those four episodes. And if people go like, oh, when are you going to make more Swamp Thing? And it's like, are you really going to watch Swamp Thing? Or do you just mm -hmm. really like those four episodes? Like- you know, or if we if we build up enough, enough clout and momentum from those four freaking amazing episodes, maybe we can make a Swamp Thing movie. Who knows? But I'm just saying, like the reboot, like the the other successful thing about a reboot is don't be afraid to, you know, compromise when it comes to, you know, the length. Like don't be right. don't, don't don't immediately accept the longest possible. Deal. Yeah. You're like, whoa, we we needed to come back. Give him a two season like arc. Like, yo, like you know, a lot of people like Tom King, but I don't know if he needs a hundred issues. You know, like people like him when he does twelve issues. You know. Yeah. Once yeah, he that's gets, once he loses that format, he can't he can't keep it together. It's the same deal with a lot of these other things. So you know. Sure is. And then, of course, you always run into the problem, too. And this is just more a thing about fans than it is for reboots. The it's different now and I don't like it or it's too similar now and I also don't like it. Well, the other thing, the other thing, and that's the thing we didn't really talk about. And it's not really like I, I don't know how else to get deeper into it. But like there's that element of um, your audience taking for granted this mm. thing being like, well, I wanted it and it's here and eventually I'll get to it. Yeah, like the X Files, I think was it was a victim of that, where it's like X Files, oh, yeah. it was over, and then you're like, okay, we're gonna make a movie, and everyone's like, oh shit, like another movie, and that movie sucked, and then they were like, okay, well we're gonna do a revival, and that revival was like not very good, but also we got that movie, and that wasn't very good either. So I got two examples of not really great things, and then by the time you get the second revival, you're like, no one's Please going, stop. like no one's watching that shit. People, people liked the uh, Twin Peaks uh, revival, didn't they? Yes. And you know what? Like, it was, uh, well, you know, with, with, Twin Peaks is a different kind of animal because, like, Twin Peaks is, like, has a lot to say and there's a lot of, like... Oh, it doesn't. And it, and it can go in different directions and, like, you can forgive its indulgences because that's basically all it is. That's what you've come for. You want to watch weird Lynchian shit. Yes. It's, it's not like, well, there's a story here... But let's cut to Kun Lun for a good episode, like for a few episodes. Uh, <laughs> like, let's let's eat these brie sandwiches, though, is what we really need to do. Nobody wants that. If Iron Fist was six episodes, maybe no one would complain. So, anyway, we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us. Of course, if you want to see this episode continue, go to patreon.com slash compop and check out another show, which is just like this show, but it's a little shorter, and it keeps going, and it might go even more off the rails. It's called One Shots. Check that out. Of course, we'll see you guys here on Comic Pop. If you would like this video and subscribe to the channel so that you can continue to watch more stuff of ours, because the likes help out the channel and tell YouTube that we're doing well, and the subscription tells you when we're making new stuff that you'll be able to get notifications about as long as you click the bell and jump through a hoop and put on this dress but only on thursdays like it's it's a whole mess but trust me it's worth it because we make a lot of fun stuff here uh stay tuned for more of course over on the purple channel tiffany's gonna be playing some video games and i am gonna be releasing back issues uh episode 298 of hey. the show uh so check that out later tonight uh, if you've got a minute uh, otherwise we'll see you guys then i'm sal i'm joel so long <laughs>